Dan Bongino. They've been tweeting to me, Bongino's a nut, Bongino's a blanker, blanker. The Dan Bongino Show. Everywhere big government gets bigger, corruption grows bigger, and these liberals just keep going on and on and on about how great big government is, and they can't prove to you any examples of how wonderful big government is almost anywhere. Get ready to hear the truth about America. Young kids, you are too stupid to figure out your health insurance needs, so we're going to hammer your cabooses to death until you figure out that the government knows what's best and you're an idiot. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hi-ho, Dano. Doing well, thanks. I'm actually responding to a guy on Twitter right now, Charlie White, an ice dancer who feels... And I'm not kidding. Charlie White, at Charlie A. White on Twitter. He's an ice dancer for the Olympics who wow. has um, deigned himself a expert, an expert on gun control and gun violence. This is amazing. This is incredible. I'm actually responding. Go follow me on Twitter and watch this. This guy is so unbelievably misinformed on the issue. Uh, it's incredible. I'm seriously responding to him right now, and you don't even know it. This guy is incredible. All right. We got a lot to talk about today. By the way, mm. if you haven't downloaded this latest iOS update for your iPhone, do not do it. It is a total catastrophe. It downloaded automatically. I've been complaining to Joe about this thing for a couple days yeah. now. And it like wiped out all of my apps. It wiped out everything. Nothing works. Email doesn't work. Photos don't download. My workout app, which had all my information, is gone. Mm. I mean, it's just uh, how frustrating. All right. A couple things I want to get into right away. Hey, you know my objection my strong objection i don't want to call anything a conspiracy theory because a lot of people would have thought the irs targeting of conservative groups was a conspiracy theory until it actually happened um at this point but there are a lot of theories emerging about what happened in las vegas just quickly because i've got a lot to get to on taxes and some survey data that came out in this this phenomenal story on trump polling you ever wonder why, like, Trump polling on Trump is always off? Well, there's a really, really strong analysis by uh, McLaughlin and, and Rasmussen that I'm, I'm going to talk about. But I've seen some posts, some emails, and some Facebook stuff that, you know, there was another shooter there, that there were that he may have had help. He may have had help. I, I don't deny that. I, I haven't seen any evidence yet at all mm-hmm. that's convincing to me um, that there was another shooter. I don't know why he would he would have an accomplice to help him unless it was some kind of a detailed plot we're unaware of. But I'm open to hearing anything if you can provide some evidence. But one of the things I've seen, Joe, and you might have seen it too on Facebook going around, is um, this fourth floor shooter that is yeah. mis- mysterious. You've seen this? I've heard of it, yeah. Folks, I worked in the government for a long time. I had a TSSCI clearance, top secret, sensitive, compartmentalized information. I am always extremely skeptical of of stories like this that go around. I think um, they benefit a lot of people financially by clicks and other things who propagate these stories. I don't think this story is helping. It's clear as day to me there was no fourth floor shooter. And it should be clear as day to you as well. Now, why is that? Joe, if you were in a hotel room on the fourth floor, inside the hotel room, right? Mm-hmm. And you were going to engage a crowd outside in some kind of a gun, uh, violent incident using a firearm, right? Yeah, all right. Do you shoot through the window? Or does the, do you have the magic bullets that bypass the window? Yeah. Why isn't any window broken on the fourth floor? Guys, ladies, I'm, I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence. I mean it. I, I'm just cautioning you strongly that this kind of stuff 
benefits people who put this out there. There's a reason they put it on their websites and on their Facebook pages. They need clicks and they need views. They sell those views. They generate a cost per click, a cost mm-hmm. per view. They're doing this and they're, they're doing it with no sense of morals and ethics. I, 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 let me be crystal clear on this too. There's a deeper story here. I have absolutely no doubt. It is not a conspiracy theory to suggest that something sinister was going on here that we all don't know about yet. I absolutely believe that. We still don't have a motive. But as far as I'm concerned, unless you can show me any evidence otherwise, there was no shooter on the fourth floor of the Mandalay Bay Hotel. The window is not broken. Right. Yeah. I mean, why? I don't understand. Like, why? How would you do that? The magic bullets went through the way. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, and then you say the problem with theories like that when they go out there is. Anything you say then becomes evidence that, like, you're part of the conspiracy theory. You get what I'm saying, Joe? Like, if yeah. they want to, I know, I, I hate that term, but they're like, well, you, you're in on it, too. And I go, oh, whatever, dude. Like, they, they replaced the window and they just are, oh, okay, whatever. They replaced, that's, that makes a lot of sense. They got, yeah. they got a big, you know, 500-pound, one-sided window with a gold front, which the Mandalay has, and they replaced it and nobody outside saw it. It was, come on. The magic bullet theory. Yeah, the, it's. I, I'm just trying to save a lot of people, yeah. and I. And I'm, I'm not I'm really. I'm not being. I don't want to be one of the, like one of these condescending smug jerk liberals with the big R rights trying to take away our rights. I'm just trying to save you a lot of drama later because when you're on Facebook, if you send this stuff out there, you know people who are relatively persuadable, who could be persuaded to follow our position, especially when it comes to things, you know, we need to preserve like our gun rights and our right to self-protection. You know, you take a a credibility hit in your bank account. You get what I'm saying, Joe? And later on, when serious issues come up, you know, we, we get discredited. I've said on this show often, I know many of you disagree with me, that's fine, but I was, I worked for the Obama administration. I'm well aware of their feelings about the birther issue. They loved it. I'm telling you, they love the issue. There's nothing they wanted you to talk about more than that. If this was a major conspiracy by them, why would they want you to talk about it and continue it going? You know, there's that the art of war, right? If you're, you know, if you're doing something your enemy wants you to do, you're probably doing the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, folks, I, I, I've seen it and I, 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 you don't want to take a hit to your political capital account. All right. I did a little Fox this morning and I'm just tired of the Democrats. I'm not interested anymore. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in you. You're, what you're doing right now in this, um, you know, a uh, gun rights debate because it is a gun rights, not a gun control debate. There's no such thing as gun control. There's only people control. You're not going to control guns. You're only going to control people. That is your agenda. I covered extensively on yesterday's show why I think that is. It disconnects people from the state owning a firearm because they don't have to rely exclusively on their security from the government. And Democrats need you to rely on the government for everything your money, your economic well being, your health care, your security, everything. It detaches them. The Democrats are are their strategy here is absurd. Insulting us as a I, I I could go what is it Nancy Sinatra a bunch of people a bunch of libs a bunch of comedians a bunch of late night comedians have chosen to do by calling us everything from NRA terrorists the yep. list goes on and on and on is mm-hmm. going to get you nowhere. Nobody is listening to you. We have tuned you out. This is not a strategy to win, okay? You want to have a conversation about gun violence, mental health in the country, kids and violent video games and all this other stuff, fine. You're talking about taking away my rights while simultaneously calling me some gun-toting, hayseed, r- rignoramus, redneck. You, you, 
Oh, wow. Now I'm really going to listen to what you have to say. (laughs) It's just not working. We're not interested anymore what you have to say about our big R rights. They're given to us by the creator. They're giving to us by God those rights to protect ourselves and protect our families. And any insistence on your end that I somehow don't care. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a brother and I'm a son to a family I care about deeply, despite many of their problems. Any insistence on your end that because I support my own right to defend that family against the evil in this world, the evil that has plagued men's hearts since time immemorial, any insistence on it is a disgusting, pathetic, revolting act by your part that speaks only to your character, not mine. That speaks to the sickness in your heart, the hate, the anger, and the rage in your part against people like me, patriotic Americans who view a firearm as a simple tool of self-protection. That you associate that with a desire to want people dead speaks to a sick, deranged, near psychopathological portion of your life that you need to go seek help on. I'm very sorry that you have some kind of psychological disturbance and you can't handle it. But you need to seek help, not us. And one more thing on this before I move on. I didn't mean to beat this to death, but because I know I've talked about it for the last few days. My wife said, what do you want to talk about today? I said, I got to move on to different things. I don't like to beat up the audience with the same thing every day. But this is important, folks. (sighs) You know what? Let me move on because I know where I'm going that it's not going to end up well i'm sorry it's just that it's not it's got maybe another time because it's going to get me choked up and i'm not going to be able to talk about the other stuff okay um you know i got let me you guys know you're going to email me i understand it's like oh shows like a conversation sometimes and yeah. you i understandably you're going to want to know yesterday i went on fox dana perino's show and this morning i was on fox again and I'm just a guy, folks. Listen, I think I'm a reasonably tough guy. I'm not the toughest guy on the planet. Nothing close to that. But, you know, I, I train myself to be able to hopefully at some point, if I'm ever robbed, mugged, or attacked, at least be able to credibly defend myself until the cops can show up. Mm-hmm. But it's not easy doing this every day. You know, it's not. I'm not asking for anybody's sympathy. It's not a sob story. I love my job, and I thank the Lord every day for every opportunity he put in front of me. But for those of you who've ever wondered what it's like being in front of the media literally every day now, right, Joe? I kid you not. Every single day in front of millions of people. It's an honor. I appreciate it. But it's not easy. The emails I got yesterday from self-described liberals were revolting, folks. My kids should die. I should die. You should die. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Some guy Lyle Darty, who by the way is known to uh, is known to email people and the conservative side and wish death upon them. Apparently, it, it happened to uh, it may have, I'm pretty sure it was the same guy emailed mm. David Webb apparently too. I mean, the emails are just disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to read that all day. The Twitter brigade of people who are supposed to be compassionate liberals who break you down every single day with the wishing death upon you, questioning your character, questioning your motives, wishing your kids to be hurt, your wife to be hurt, wishing for you to be involved in a gun assault. Folks, this is not single subject, isolated examples. This is multiple examples every day. It just, 
I mean, it wears you down, man. It really does. I was just tired last night. I mean, just tired. You know that feeling, Joe? You're oh, just yeah. tired, like in your bones. You're like, gosh, sometimes you just... I know I haven't done a show like this in a while, but well, sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you you start... I mean, I'm just... I'm only human, ladies and gents, you know? And there are times you just say to yourself... You know, is it is it worth it, man? Is it worth it to keep every single time the angriest people in the world? Mm-hmm. Gosh, these liberal. It's just so frustrating. All right. I'm sorry. I got off on a tangent, but it, I shouldn't have said I. You never say something to say you don't say it because then people email you and say, well, why did you say what you were going to say? I totally. Well, understand. you got it off your chest. That's good. I needed to say that. Yeah. Okay, um, let me go to the polling thing quick. A little more lighter story and hopefully some good news for us. We need some good news right now. Gosh, the country's so divided. But there's a story in Paul, DeBar- uh, Paul Bedard's Washington Secrets. A really good email list, by the way. I highly recommend. Along with my my email list is exploding, thanks to you. Uh, well over, gosh, 23,000 plus names right now. That shows you the size of our audience since we started doing this. Go to Bongino.com. You can subscribe to my email list there. And I will send you these articles every day. You don't have to go hunt them down anymore your own, okay? Or you can go to my website and look at them yourself. But Bedard wrote a great piece covering uh, Rasmussen and McLaughlin and some of the information they have. And here's the kicker. Joe, the polling data on Trump has been consistently wrong. Hmm. It's wrong. I mean, yeah. remember, what is it, Chris Saliza at the Washington Post? Like, Trump's chances of winning, I have a screenshot of this, the Washington Post, are approaching zero. That was an actual yeah. headline. <laughs> Nobody thought Trump was going to win except Joe and I, and you can go back and listen to our show before the election if you doubt any of that. Uh, it's on tape. It's time stamped. You'll see Joe and I called it yep. uh, because we, you know, I had been out there and running myself. Now, he points out two things. And, and why this is important is when they you'll see the media run with every Trump approval rating poll. Mm-hmm. Trump's approval, 30 percent, 40. Oh, my gosh, he's going to go. That's like 45 percent now. But he's going to lose his horrible. The country hates Trump. Trump on immigration. Nobody agrees with him. Trump on guns. Nobody agrees with him. The media runs with every single story as a means, folks. This is important. Why always matters, right? As a means to diminish the political bank account of Donald Trump. Uh-huh. The political bank account is how you pass legislation. When people deem you popular, people want you around. Republican lawmakers, Republican senators, even local officials. They, they want to be associated with popular political figures. It gives you political capital for you to go back to said lawmaker and say, oh, you want me to show up in your state? You want me to do a fundraiser? You Whatever. You want to do an Air Force One ride? Well, you're going to vote for these tax cuts. If you have no political bank account and your political bank account is low, you have no ability to do that. You have no influence to peddle. I know that's a negative term, influence peddling, but that's what politics is, the projection of power. The media keeps posting these Trump approval rating stories because it is a way to diminish his political capital in the eyes of the public and hopefully create like a circular reasoning. Well, Trump's approval rating is low because the media said his approval rating is low, which makes people believe Trump's approval rating is low, which gives him lower approval. If you're like, wow, that didn't make sense. It's not supposed to. That's the point. It's a circular reasoning uh, method. Okay, now. Here's the two reasons that this is wrong. Number one, it's this one first and is a rather obvious one that the polling's off. Uh, in the piece, and you can read it yourself, they point out that there is significant oversampling of Democrats going on, not representative of the Democrats in the general population. Now, mm. this none of this is a mystery to you. This is a trick the Democrats have used and, and liberal-leaning polling firms looking for an answer uh, to a question that they want to fit their pre-existing narrative. This is a trick they've used for a long time, the oversampling of Democrats in a survey. Yeah. 
But folks, it's happening dramatically with Trump, where even other pollsters who are nonpartisan, they're not Republican leaning groups, they're nonpartisan pollsters are starting to question what's going on. Like, well, I don't understand why you guys keep sampling so many Democrats. It doesn't make any sense. It's not working. You're getting skewed data. None of this is legitimate. Why are you doing it? But there's a second reason that's really, really interesting. Reason number two that they think the polling data is wrong is they point out in the piece that in a standard survey, if you ask a question about about a whatever, if you say, do you agree with this position on taxes or this position on taxes, Joe? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not binary. Mm-hmm. You say, well, of course it is. You just ask, do you agree or not agree? It's not. The third answer is typically, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it's not really a binary choice, although it appears that way. The typical I don't know answers when you ask about an issue, the piece points out ranges, uh, excuse me, ranges anywhere from five to six percent. So copy that. And the, the, mm-hmm. I don't know responses. Ah, five, five out of 100 people say I don't know on mm-hmm. average. Right. The piece points out that what's really amazing about Trump is when you ask a question about Trump, forget about do you agree with taxes? Do you agree with tax cuts? Ask a question like, do you agree with Trump on tax cuts? What happens? The I don't knows, Joe, jump up to 17 and 18%. Hmm. Now, which is, and they point this out in the piece. These are experts in the, in the sphere. They point out in the piece, this is highly, highly unusual to get that number of I don't knows. And the speculation by the polling pros, who, you know, the good ones in the piece is that People out there agree with Trump and just don't want to say anything. The pollsters, that's the only reason you would get such a spike. And I don't know numbers, which should mean to you folks, should mean that that there's some public pressure based on media and liberal anger directed at Trump to not fall in line with any kind of a pro-Trump agenda, even though when people go home and go in the polling booth, this is in fact exactly what they support, the Trump agenda. I'm not suggesting to you that we should ease up in the 2018 midterms. I'm not suggesting to you that we should ignore the 2020 Trump re-election effort. Oh, it's all good. Don't worry. The polls are all wrong. I'm not saying that at all. That's what liberals do. Liberals live in fantasy land, not us, right? I live in the real world. I'm just telling you that don't fall into the circular reasoning of, oh, Trump's really unpopular. So I should think he's unpopular too, because the media said he's unpopular, which will then make him more unpopular. That's just stupid circular reasoning, relying on polls that oversample Democrats and show a significant number of I don't know responses. So just be really, really careful about that. Okay, uh, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. These guys have really gotten me through the last few days. It has been, uh, as I said, a nonstop, uh, just death threat festival by the way <laughs> and when you're tired it's i'm not kidding i actually i i, I tweeted out a screenshot of, of lyle's email it wasn't the only one either by the way Jeez. uh email yesterday but brickhouse nutrition has dawn to dusk thankfully and it gets me through the day go to brickhousenutrition.com slash dan and check out dawn to dusk it solves one of the big problems in the energy industry the drinks the coffee all of the stuff they have out there what's the problem with it you take the stuff, and an hour or two later, you're ready to pass out on the couch. You get these highs and lows, these hills and valleys, these energy vicissitudes you don't need. They're well, going to they're gonna destroy. I mean, you wind up worse off at the end of the day than if you wouldn't have taken anything at all. You don't need the cyclical nature of the energy stuff that, that comes in. <laughs> energy yeah, vicissitudes. The vicissitudes of energy. You don't sorry. need it. Yeah. You need a nice up. Uh, you know, elevated upward level of energy mood that's going to get you through the day, make you feel better, make you feel like you can get your stuff done without crashing on the couch every five minutes. Go try Dawn to Dust. It's time release. You get about 10 hours out of it. 
my humble opinion you know what the, pro, the this is I, this is why I hate doing live reads sometimes because I don't say the company line even though it's a company supporting the show. <laughs> They'll tell you it's great for just anyone who needs to get through the day, and they're right. It's fantastic if you're my wife loves it. If you're a working mom and you just need energy to get through the day, you don't want to keep stopping at the Seven Eleven for coffee. It's great, but I'm telling you, if you are even a recreational workout person that has a job afterwards, in other words, you go to the gym at say five and six o'clock in the morning like I've been doing lately. And then you have a job. This stuff is terrific because it'll help you get through the day. So by the time you go home, you're nice and calm down. But the rest of the day, you have the energy to get through it. Go give it a shot. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'll be in for Mark Levin on Friday. Just found that out yesterday. So if you All go right. to MarkLevinShow.com, you can listen to the show. I usually take some callers and I, I like to tear them up. Someone complained in my email yesterday. I said I was mean to the liberal callers. Hmm. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, Sometimes yeah. it's hard not to be. It's all, It is. It's tough. I, um, you know, it is tough. It, it gets really difficult when they say dumb stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, interesting data uh, I saw today in the Wall Street Journal piece by Carl Rove. I know a lot of you uh, object to some of Carl Rove's politics, and I, I'm just going to tell you this about Rove. Okay, I may have said this on the show before. Forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but he elicits a lot of energy, you know, negative and positive on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. I knew Rove when he was in the White House, and I don't agree with a lot of his politics at all. Matter of fact, we did a show, I think it was last week, where I really objected to his position on something Trump had done. But I'm telling you, regardless of that, I'll never lie to you about what I think people's character are made of. He was was a very good guy to us. I mean, did a lot of really nice things to us when we were Secret Service agents, or for us, I should say. He's a really good guy. I don't agree with a lot of his politics, but he does have an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, And he quotes some tax survey foundation data, and I'm going to bring this up and show you why the Democrats are wrong, completely wrong, and why they will lose the tax issue just like they're losing the gun issue. Oh, one more thing. That gun story I told you about with Jonah Goldberg, cigarettes mm-hmm. and guns that I yeah. mentioned on yesterday's show. Uh, thank you to the woman who sent it to me. She found it in town hall. I'll put it in today's show notes. So go check it out. But uh, this tax uh, foundation survey data, the Democrats, I argued yesterday, are losing the gun argument because they're not speaking the language of the American people. They're speaking the language of the liberal bubble, which is an insulated, small, extreme portion of the Democrat Party that does not relate to mainstream America at all. And they're going to lose the gun debate forever because they don't understand gun owners. Well, with Democrats, which is incredible given their skill at marketing, typically, and again, I addressed that yesterday why they have a skill in marketing over Republicans because of their tech industry people and the need to market, they are losing again on this tax argument as well. And here's why. So Rove puts out some tax foundation survey data and they ask this question. This is, this is critical, folks. This is a critical piece of information. They ask people in a survey, the tax foundation, what is the maximum percentage of a person's income that should go to taxes? That is all taxes, state, federal, and local. Now, you would think in a, in a well-proportioned survey like this was, that given the amount of liberals, Democrats, and even moderate Democrats in the United States who think all of our taxes should go up, and we're paying right now about 30%, you would think, Joe, just given the science of polling, and if Democrats really meant what they said, you would think the number would come back at about 35 or 40 now, follow me. I don't know. If I'm losing you, Joe, stop me, because this is a really important point. Yep. I mean, I'm going to expose liberals for what they are right here. Is this right. making sense so far where I'm going yep. with this? With you so far, babe. 
If a good portion of the country, roughly 40%, 45%, identify themselves as Democrats, meaning they have Democrat and hold Democrat principles, mm-hmm. and a portion of that, say 45% of self-identified Democrats are liberals, and a portion of that are extreme liberals, mm-hmm. and their principle that they're guided by, their ideology, everything they believe in is that government is a force for good, therefore taxes should be higher to finance a bigger government. hmm And the average tax rate, total effective rate paid by Americans, this is in the piece as well, is now 31%. Then how is it that when you survey the same group of said people, the average comes back at 15.6? Holy cow. It doesn't make sense, folks. This is the problem I have. You know, again, you wonder why I'm angry at liberals when they call in this show. Listen, I I get heated, man. I'm an emotional guy. I'm, I'm a sinner like everyone else. I'm sorry. If it bothers you, my apologies. But you wonder why? How is it that liberals never, ever have the data to back back it up? They just don't have the data. You wonder why they keep losing these arguments and why they've been wiped out across the country? Because, folks, they live, they, they... Their entire being, ideological being, is premised on a lie. Guns, get rid of guns and we'll get rid of violence. There's no data to back that up. None. There is no data on a mass scale to back that up. Zero. You're just making it up. Mm -hmm. We should increase people's taxes. Yet when you survey people and ask them what their tax rate should be, it's lower than what we're paying now. But by the way, by a large margin. (laughs) What was that, P.B. Herman with large margin? You ever see P.B. Herman? That was it. That was P.B. Herman. <laughs> terrible yeah. cultural stuff. But yeah, look, yeah, by a large margin, you're completely off. And you wonder why you're losing elections. Folks, again, I'm not giving liberals pointers for winning elections. I'm just trying to tell you that I'm a patriot and I love this country. And it would be nice for once to have conservatives be able to debate with principled liberals who actually stand by what they believe in. That way we could show that there's a foil and a difference between us. But we don't have that. What we have are a bunch of liars on the other side who say things but don't live by those same principles. Michael Moore, big gun control guy. Hey, your bodyguard's got a gun, right? Yeah, that doesn't apply to me. Not me. Liberals on taxes. I think everybody should pay higher taxes. Do you pay higher taxes voluntarily? No, 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 I don't, but I want everybody else to. And then when you ask them in a survey that covers a large group of liberals and is a representative sample of the population of liberals and Democrats, what do you get? To be fair, this was Republicans too, but still, the number is dramatically lower than what we're paying now, which says to me, you don't actually believe what you're saying. You're just making it up. Now, why is this important and why should it matter to you? Because, folks, the, the, the Republican tax plan, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not crazy about it. And I'm not crazy about it for this reason. And again, this is based on facts and data. I know this is tough for you liberals out there. It doesn't cut the top rate. The top rate right now for high earners, people who are creating productivity, money, cash flows, jobs, and productivity in the economy. Mm-hmm. Not exclusively, obviously the middle class businesses are a large portion of that too, but the high earners who have created very successful businesses, they're not talking about cutting their income taxes. Now, I get it, that's not cutesy for the liberals. Well, I've cut the taxes for the rich. That's all they have. Yes. Yes, I do. Because that's what's going to work. Because getting, 
Joe, what is the? What do you think the goal of putting? This is a simple. This is not a trick. Yeah. Right. I'm not setting you up. I'm going to ask you a very simple question. I'm not looking for any fantastic wonky, you know, Keynesian type or Austrian school analysis on this. Okay. What is the goal of putting more money in your wallet? So I can spend it. Uh, okay, thank you. That very simple response. Joe, you are not a PhD in economics, correct? Right, but I should uh, be with that answer. Yeah. <laughs> but you stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. The point of of tax cuts, folks, or t- let me be crystal clear on this: tax rate cuts at some point is to put more money into the free economy so that that money can grow. Money doesn't grow in government. There's no incentive for that to happen. The government doesn't add value to money. The government only takes money to spend on services. It doesn't add value. It doesn't combine products in a unique way and sell them for a greater value. The government doesn't take glass and a silicone chip or whatever it may be and computer technology and put it into an iPhone and sell it for more than the value of its component parts. Free markets do that. The government just takes and spends money. That is it. That's it. That's all it does. The government doesn't grow money. The whole purpose of inserting money via a tax rate cut back into the economy is so that the money will multiply. Now, why am I bringing this up again? Because the Democrats, one who I showed you in the survey data, but just to be clear, by the way, the survey data is from 2009. I don't want to mislead you. It doesn't mean it's inaccurate. It just means it's a little data. I never want to mislead the audience, but it's, it's still an interesting survey and still applies. But the survey data shows, number one, that Democrats largely, at least, don't believe there are Democrats, liberals, the American mass does not believe that the tax rates need to go up. Matter of fact, they believe they need to go down. That's just the data. And secondly, folks, if you're looking to get more money back into the economy to juice growth, the only way to do it is to give a tax cut to people who are earning money. This is not complicated now because we do numbers on this show, which is always difficult. For, you know what I'm noticing, by the way? Yeah. The number of hate emails from liberals about the podcast, not about yeah. the Fox hits. Okay. No, it's gone down a lot. And based on our increase in listeners, not due to decrease in listenership, I just, I, 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 Joe, I, I mean, this may be a lot for me to, this may be a big jump, but I think we're starting to convert a few people. I used to get a lot of nasty emails. Mm. Now I'm, they're, they're, they're really slowing down a lot i get a lot from converted liberals hey thanks for giving us the facts but here are the facts on earners on high earners the top 10 percent, the actual numbers and by the way i'll because i always link to the pieces because i'll always get someone who will email me where's the link this will be in the show notes a piece from cato it'll be in there today check it out bongito.com here are the actual numbers joe the top 10 percent in 1980 the wealthiest 10% among us, right? So right. 100 people, these are the 10 wealthiest people in the group, right? All right. In 1980, they paid roughly 49% of federal income taxes. Okay, so about half. Okay. Now, for all you, you getting the abacus out? I, I've got it right here, I heard Dan. Jay's abacus there. I heard that. Skype is very sensitive. Okay, so he's got the abacus. Now, I want you to tell me if this number is, you ready with the abacus? Got it. I want you to tell me if this number is greater than or less than 49, Okay. So in 1980, the top 10% paid 49% of taxes. In 2014, they pay 71% of all federal income tax. Now, you have the abacus. Yeah, let me. Is 71 greater than 49? It's tough. Uh, it, it's, uh, 
It's greater, Dan. It's greater than. Yes, Jay's abacus yep. comes through comes again through in the clutch. There is nothing better than Jay's abacus. We got Steve's Dictionary, Jay's Abacus. We got all kinds of tools on this show to show you that 71% is greater than 49 Now, liberals won't tell you this because it defeats their argument that monopoly money bags, like that guy who went to the Senate <laughs> hearing yesterday to make a fool of the, uh, what is it, Equifax or whatever CEO, they want, they want you to believe that the rich are sitting on all their money and they're not paying their fair share, but they won't tell you what their fair share is. And what they tell you what their fair share is in a survey, it's less than the share you're actually paying now but don't let that get in the way of your continued efforts to propagandize and mislead the american people oh my gosh i'm not done (laughs) the bottom 90 percent who are supposedly according to the liberal media narrative totally fictitious narrative fabricated out of thin air to make you believe something's happening that's not in fact happening yeah the bottom 90 percent. you got the abacus ready it's important okay We're going to have to reverse it a little bit this time. So according to the liberal media narrative, the bottom 90%, the nine out of 10 uh, people who are not high earners, right? Mm -hmm. They're supposedly getting screwed, man. And we're paying all the taxes and these rich people are getting over. Mm -hmm. So Joe, I need to know if these two numbers, if the second number is less than the first. Okay. So in 1980, the bottom 90% paid, obviously you can probably do the math given my prior numbers, but about 50%. Of the federal income taxes, okay? Right. Now, Joe, I'm going to give you a number. I want you to tell me if this is less than or greater than 50, okay? Okay. So the bottom 90% paid about 50% of the taxes in 1980. In 2014, Mm -hmm. the bottom 90% of earners paid 26%. Now, Mm. Joe, get the abacus out. Yeah, got it. Is 26% less than 50%? Uh. Less than, less than 50%. All right, final story of the day. All right. And thank you, Joe, for doing that very complicated math to save us uh, save us from the uh, false narratives of the bought and sold <laughs> liberal media propaganda machine. It's no really problem, sickening. man. But a final story of the day. Uh, you know, folks, I've been all over this Trump-Russia fairy tale, this, this media uh, dog and pony show they've been putting on for months. And the reason I've been all over it is because it speaks to a larger issue. I don't want to get into the Trump-Russia thing again specifically because I covered it extensively in prior shows. And you all know where I stand on it. That is completely made up. What bothered me about it is how quickly Republicans decided to play along with a narrative that was so patently false, made up, and fabricated to damage a sitting president. Okay, Mm -hmm. Why am I bringing this up now uh, after all the nonsense that's gone on? Well, a bipartisan Senate committee, the Senate Intel Committee, here are the numbers, held 11 hearings on this. This is a bipartisan committee, held 11 hearings. (laughs) They had 100 plus people interviewed. This is from the Wall Street Journal. 4,000 transcripts created and 100,000 pages of documents. And what were their conclusions on this? Folks, I'm not making any of this up. You can read it in a journal piece today. That there are no, quote, initial findings indicating any collusion on the Russian side. Now, again, you have been 
misled and propagandized for months by a phony, fraudulent liberal media, by the way, which created the dossier narrative, thanks to BuzzFeed, the fake dossier, the Russian collusion narrative. The New York Times refuted its own reporting, by the way, on wiretaps, proven wrong on that. You had Paul Krugman from the New York Times talking about a cholera outbreak in Puerto Rico that he had a later recount. You had a story yesterday about um, Rex Tillerson calling the president a moron that supposedly never happened. So the media has discredited itself completely. But this Trump collusion thing should be a lesson to everyone out there be very careful about what the media is telling you be very careful these are not and here's my just a quick theory on why this is happening i said this to a producer yesterday who was asking me about this in a cable channel here's what's going on it's not necessarily that every single reporter out there hates trump i know that may be surprising to many of you most of them do believe me i'm not giving them a pass <laughs> yeah. but there are probably some out there that may not be sympathetic to him but may not hate him that much but the editors and the owners and operators of these newspapers do and the people who are writing these stories are erring on the side of damaging trump rather than erring on the side of doing consistent journalism citing your sources naming your sources and finding credible sources to report on them that's how this trump collusion thing started it was, was given to them this was a democrat talking point they had no desire to do the actual background on it and trust me on this one if this was obama if this trump collusion narrative was an obama russia collusion narrative they would have done all kinds of homework before they even dared to report the initial story no less continuing to report the story over time disingenuously as they did Mm. hey one more quick thing because it's on drudge today um donations to the gop are drying up whoa are drying up significantly. The story's in Politico, so I'm going to keep it out of the show notes, but you can see it on Drudge. I don't like giving Politico hits because it's such a mess over there. But the donations to the GOP are drying uh, drying up significantly. And why is that happening? The Obamacare thing. To all you lawmakers listening, and I'll wrap it up at this, wake up, folks. Wake up. Hey, today's show was also brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. I want to thank them for being a consistent supporter of the show. They've been great. Uh, folks, if you're not prepared, it is a big mistake. You need to be prepared. We saw what happened with Harvey, with Irma, with Puerto Rico. Please go to My Patriot Supply. Pick up a box of their emergency food today. It's only $99. It's available at preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It lasts 25 years. That's 25 years you'll get out of the product. All you need is water to prepare it. Available, uh, it's available at preparewithdan.com. Just $99. Better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You never know what's going to happen, folks. You ensure everything in your life to, uh, lives that matters. Uh, everything in your lives that matter, please go to preparewithdan.com. Pick up your one-month supply of emergency food today. And thanks to all our new listeners for all the great emails. I deeply appreciate it. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.